All right, Coach Grice, here we are back at it again, talking preps overtime. We've really set the bar high with some phenomenal interviews to this point this season. Uh, you know, you think back on it, we've had Coach Jeff Craddock at Tarboro, uh, Aaron Brand, uh, man, the list, Marquise Williams, man, I thought oh, that, that went great. really well. Uh, but I'm going to go back out to the eastern part of the state again, oh, yeah. bring in a really successful high school football coach who for the past 15, 17, 20 years has really been getting it done. Uh, talk about setting the bar high. He has really elevated, I think, the lives and the future of some athletes in that area, in that part of the state. That maybe without him and his tutelage and his networks, may have been stuck there. May, maybe wouldn't have gotten out uh, to success, successful parts of uh, of their lives. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know about you, Coach, but I, I just like talking to coaches and hear how they they motivate how, how they teach and, and, and just to hear their stories because you're a coach. You, you, I'm sure you get a little bit out of that. Definitely. I mean, I think the big piece there is just, I like the, you know, I like the, the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, you know, we, I talk scheme, we can talk ball and, and really get into that nitty gritty, but I like understanding who these guys are. There are some amazing guys out here who are dedicated their lives to coaching kids and have some great stories to tell. So I think I love our format here with the talking preps overtime. This isn't a regular game. There's a special set of rules here. And I like the fact that we get to talk to guys and get behind, you know, the, the normal stuff that they deal with on a day to day and get to know these great men but you know I, I want you to go ahead and bring this guy out i'm ready to get to it coach i will i will and, and just to say you know i like the behind the scenes story as well uh, because you know coaching is not all about x's and o's it's not about scheme it's not about anything that you see within that 48 minutes of the game it's about everything that leads up to it the effect that they have on players outside of the game you know that's what really matters uh, but without any further ado i think we hit a really big home run with this week's interview uh coach antonio moore northeastern high school all the way from elizabeth city today coach i appreciate you coming on i've always considered you a good friend known you for a long time but thanks for spending some time with coach Price and me yes i appreciate it i appreciate being on the show this is big for us in the eastern part of the state to be on a, a such a great show like this man you know podcast and i'm i'm grateful and i'm looking forward to today well, before I open it up to Coach Grice to start hammering you with some questions, because he's probably going to steer the ship because he's a coach and he probably wants a little bit of your secret recipe. Uh, let's go ahead and show the file uh, on, on Coach Moore's career. Uh, I think Langston, uh, we've already built a very good file there. There you see right there, Coach Antonio Moore. I like that backdrop back there behind the way. That looks pretty cool. Uh, but 17 years as the head coach at Northeastern High School. You've been there for about 20, 24 years. Uh, produced 78 college projects, pro prospects. Uh, the most important part is you've got a B average. I mean, I, I think that that is – should be probably top of the list. I mean, I, I think the impact that you have, don't forget, I've been to your school. I've visited you in the classroom. Uh, you know, you're not a PE teacher. You're in the class leading kids every day from an academic standpoint. So I think that's awesome. Uh, three state championship appearances, coach of the year, 11 of 15 years, 15 of 17 years with 10 plus wins. That's a phenomenal coach. Uh, Shrine Bowl assisted two different years of the way that played out due to some hurricane action, but that was really cool. Uh, how, how that worked out. I think you were the youth strong bowl head coach as well. Nine straight conference titles, all-time winning as coach at Northeastern, and that's a pretty big accomplishment considering the school's history. Uh, 182 wins, 6-0 and heading into your game Friday night. Phenomenal season. You're ranked third in our rankings. Uh, man, Coach, you, you've had a big career, and you ain't even – I think you're in the prime still. Well, I, have, I haven't um... – <laughs> thought about that yet you know I'm still trying to win a state championship and still trying to lead young men to college and do some things that you know that we didn't have the opportunity to do 
um, during our years, you know, we're getting old now. You know, you think back over the years, um, growing up, did you have the experiences that the, the kids have now? And what I try to do is just try to give them the experience that I didn't have. That's great to hear, Coach. But like, like we said, I mean, you know, I can't say it enough. I'm excited. I'm glad you're on here to talk with us. You know, as we talked about, you know, you're, you're maybe not to be a name that a lot of people know in our specific area, but we definitely want, you know, to get everybody familiarized with you and a lot of the great things you've done. Could you kind of go into detail and start at the beginning and talk about your plan and coaching history and kind of bring us up to present day? Well, coaching, man, I, I played here at Northeastern High School. Then, then I went on to play college football at Elizabeth City State University. And coaching, I always loved football. And, um, you know, by me going to play college football, I got a grasp, a grasp for offense and defense. And I was just telling my coaches yesterday, if you're a head coach and you don't know um, every position on the field, that could be a problem. And, you know, like I said, I went to Elizabeth City State, played football four years, uh, was all CIAA, but always wanted to be an FBI. So I graduated in criminal justice and a minor in history. They ended up working at the prison system for three years. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a spiritual guy, and God led me back to this side of coaching football. I never thought I'd be back at Northeastern High School where I graduated from. And, but he had a plan for me, you know. And like I said, I was one of those coaches that uh, felt like every stage mattered. It was a process, you know. Um, once I left the, the prison system, I started coaching Little League, you know. And then I went to middle school. And in, in both of those leagues, I was pretty successful. I never lost any games. Then I came here as a JV coach. And same thing, um, won the first uh, JV championship at Northeastern High School when we was 4A. And then got the opportunity to coach varsity football. And I felt like each one of those experiences from Little League to now helped me um, become the coach I am right now with great help. All right. I know Grice has a lot of questions, but you said something that really struck a nerve with me. And, and you know, we're all about helping further the lives of, of young people, kids, adolescents, teenagers, players, so on to the next level. But how have you been able to connect with some of your players uh, who may have been some of those fringe kids who are in and out of trouble and give them firsthand knowledge of what it was like for you to be in that prison system and to see the criminal justice system? And, and how have you been able to to maybe with your own experiences on that side of the judicial system to help steer them uh, to the right direction? Well, it goes back deeper than that. It goes back to the, the way I grew up. I grew up. Um, I mean, I, I was a poverty kid. My parents did the best they could. And I had friends all over the place. You know what I mean? I mean, not just the kids that was in my state, but I got along with everybody. And, you know, being in a city school like Northeastern, it's easy for me because I'm that child, <laughs> you know. So it's easy for me to relate to them. And, and like I said, God had a plan. He put, I always tell everybody, me being in the prison system, um, you know, as a programmer and an athletic director in the prison system, prepare me for my life, you know, so I can tell them, give them experiences on what I've been through as far as having to go to work every day, dealing with those guys, and I can see the path. 
And, you know, growing up in Eastern North Carolina, we didn't have, we don't have much, you know, it was hard getting to Raleigh. We felt like Raleigh was, you know, days away, you know, so it's kind of like I lived through them as far as taking them places because I never got the opportunity to go those places. So we on the road all the time, 707, four or five, 707 tournaments this summer. Uh, taking at least four or five football games per year, you know, and, and those kids get to see what we didn't see, you know, and once they get there, they say, you know what, this could be me. This is a reality. So that's that's a little bit how I feel about that. Coach, that's phenomenal. And, you know, again, I understand, you know, especially talking about from, you know, coaching youth ball to high school, you know, going through that same thing and people understanding the importance and how I think, you know, us coaches, if you coach at that lower level, how, you know, you treat this game, how almost you take care of it and have a special reverence for it. So kudos to you on that. Uh, you know, one thing I've got to point out, I mean, especially, you know, kind of, you know, we talk about being here in the, the Charlotte metro area, but reaching out to different areas. One thing that's different is, I mean, you've been pretty much in the same feeder program your entire career. I mean, around here, that's unheard of, you know, with coaches leaving after two or three years. Can you talk about why that's the case for you? And if you've had an opportunity to go out, because I'm sure you have, yeah. and what's been the thing that brought you back? <laughs> what brought me back, I would say, um, and, you know, it's crazy. My wife is like, my wife is my best friend. And we talk about this all the time, but I have a—I'm a spiritual guy, and I believe that God got me here for a reason. Um, I had plenty of opportunities to to get um, bigger, bigger jobs. I'm not gonna say better, but bigger jobs. And I just feel like God has me here for a reason, you know. And I graduated from Elizabeth City State University, and I believe I was put here for Elizabeth City, North Carolina, because you know. No one claims us. <laughs> we don't even have a radio or well, a TV station that, um, that, that broadcasts our Friday night games uh, after the results. I mean, our whole TV station, all our TV stations come from um, Virginia. Excuse me. Sorry about that, but all, all our TV stations are Virginia. Um, we always say North Carolina doesn't claim us, and Virginia doesn't claim us either. So it's kind of like we out in nowhere, and I just want to put this this city on the map, this part of the country on the map. That, that's that's my plan. Well, that's awesome, and like I said, I definitely thank you for giving us kind of that window into why you guys you know are the way you are. But another thing we do know, while you know about that, is that. You've got guys that have gone on to play in, in ball in college. I mean, I swear I see a freshwater name on your roster every few years. It seems like seems like it's one of those names like a LRB in Richmond County or a Harrison in Eden Moorhead. It's just one of those names. If you see that on the roster, you know that kid's a baller. I think the number we have is, what, 78 kids I think you've uh, produced uh, to go on to play college. Yes. You know, we know up there, like you, you talk about the area, what's so different about that? I mean, what's in the water? I mean, it seems like, you know, you guys are consistently great, as we see, and you guys consistently produce people that have become great citizens and go on to play college ball. Could you talk about why you think that's the case in your area? I, I, I think it goes back to me taking them to colleges, college games, so they can see that they can, they have a chance. See, when we was growing up, we we never saw that. I mean, we we never thought we had a chance, you know. And a lot of these kids, poverty kids, don't think they have a chance. You got to get them out out of that. I call it Elizabeth City mentality. 
if you think you beat everybody around here or are you successful with um, teams around here, you're not thinking your, your, your mind is not thinking beyond what you should be thinking about. You have to go out and see where you can go, the opportunities that you can have. And then, and I'm, I'm an old school type guy also. I mean, you know, I came up under Eric McDaniels, um, Tom Merritt. They were some old school type coaches, which you know, I'm going to tell you what, I mean, you know, I'm an old school type guy. We still going to do things right the right way. And like one of my coaches, um, they had an interview um, a couple weeks ago and they, they said one thing that we do, we take a lemon and we squeeze every part of the juice out of that lemon. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not going to just throw a, a lemon away with juice in it. So I'm an old school lemon, lemon meringue pie. You remember that? <laughs> you know, we're going to take that lemon and we're going to, we're going to squeeze it all the way to the max and get everything out of the, out of the kid. Um, at the same time, we love them and we let them know why we're doing it and, they buy in. So, you know, I think that's that's a big part of it. Hey, Coach, let me take a step back. We're going to talk about the kids and, and, and the talent that you guys have produced. Uh, but I kind of want to bring in that comment you talked about, about how Virginia doesn't necessarily claim you. Uh, you're certainly in a far um, northeastern part of the state to where you, you don't have the coverage that you deserve. Again, I mean, it's just kind of in a no man's land, maybe a Bermuda Triangle of, of just where you're at. Uh, so I get it and understand that. Uh, but I've heard you tell me this before. I've heard a good friend of mine, Coach Singh McGill, that you know that, that's been at Riverside and, and a lot of coaches in northeastern and eastern North Carolina who always like to make that comment that for whatever reason, a lot of college coaches just refuse to make that trip out there far in the far eastern reaches away from I-95 that sometimes players and kids can get lost. But given your proximity to Norfolk and, and the 757 region, Virginia Beach, which is one of the biggest hotbeds of talent in the country uh, for producing big-time college football players, I mean, Ronald Curry, uh, Lawrence Taylor, the list goes on and on and on. But in my opinion, there's not a lot of difference between your players and their players. Uh, so, so how has that made your job even harder to find a way to promote these guys? Because you're finding a way to get them out. 78 recruits is a pretty good number. Uh, but I think that there's probably more players that could have went on that, that probably didn't have that chance. I, I, definitely. You're definitely right. Um, one thing we started doing, we started playing a lot of those teams. And that really helped because, I mean, at, at the beginning, you know, when I first got here, um, playing a Virginia team, a Hampton Roads team or um, Chesapeake team, that Virginia Beach area teams, playing those teams, the first two years, two or three years, we weren't successful. And I felt like we had to catch up with those, that area. I mean, even though we was we only 30 miles away, it was a difference between the players. And the difference was confidence. We always had those players, but I kept, our players didn't have that confidence. They didn't have that work ethic and that mentality. And I'm going to go back to mentality. We – um. We instilled a different mentality in our kids. You know, like again, the Elizabeth City mentality. See, when I was playing, we played a lot of area teams that were smaller than we were because we were four A. And once we, you know, were successful against those teams, we thought we were pretty good. And that was the that was the worst mentality you could have. So what ended up happening? I instilled a don't have the Elizabeth City mentality, and we, we kind of like started playing those teams in the Hampton Roads in the last two or three, well, no, last 10 to 12 years, 
we've been really successful. And it's to the point now where they don't want to play us anymore. So now we, you know, we're traveling to to Greenville, uh, Raleigh. We, you know, we we trying to find any game we can get. That's why we have nine games this year because we can we couldn't feel that last one. Goodness, no, I can understand that. I mean, you had to forgive some of those teams of not wanting to get their head bashed in. But you know, kind of switching back uh, gears a little bit. You know, you're talking about being an older school coach. You know, one thing I always ask, and I'll, I'll ask Guru a lot of times because he's getting gray hair himself is that, you know, you're in those moments where you're coaching these kids and you realize that, hey, I'm not a young coach anymore. I don't know if you lined up against the kid in a drill or, you know, you start listening to some of the crazy music they're listening to and realize you have no idea what they're saying. What's that one moment that made you realize I'm not a young coach anymore and these kids got that? You got it. <laughs> oh, man, it, it just happened a couple of weeks ago. It's funny that you say that because I'm still worried about it. I'm still thinking – I've been thinking about it ever since. Um one of the kids I thought was being a little soft on a, on a trap play. And I got out there without pads on. I said, hit me. Hit me. I can take it. I said, trap me. And he trapped me, man. My shoulder's still hurting right now. <laughs> and, 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 and 10 years ago, I would have did it and, and been fired up and, yeah. and wouldn't have felt it. But I've been feeling it for the last two weeks, so I won't do that again. You know, I remember back in the days of Douglas Burge, you know, I was about 29, 30 years old, and I'd get right there in the weight room and start hitting it with them every day. And at this age today, I don't think I would even think about it because I wouldn't want to embarrass myself in front of the kids. Exactly. So that that, that, that hit home. I had another situation after the game. They playing music, <laughs> and I go in there, and they, and they dancing, and, I, and I'm trying to dance like they're dancing, but it's not as fluent. And they and they recorded it and sent it to everybody. And I said, "Was that me looking that bad?" Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's you what you gotta watch out. This generation, they will record you and they yes. will put some, some effects and everything. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, the music for me. I'm like I said, I'm younger than both of you, so I mean, we're starting to get to that point with the music where I'm like, I no, nah, I can't, I can't anymore. But you know, I hey, I can catch them slipping on a good day if I'm feeling good. <laughs> I can get out there with them. So I'm still there. All right, so let's keep kind of on the same path. Um, you know, Coach, we always like to ask, and I, I talk about it, and me and Guru kind of go back and forth. We always talk about worst play calls. You know, for me, always, you know, I came out as a, a JV OC hot shot. I thought I was about to go, you know, down the field one day where we got two minutes left, and, you know, my head coach is looking at me like, let's, let's run the ball and get out of here, you know, before the half. But, no, I want to go up-tempo, hurry up, and my young JV quarterback, who is a regular kid now in college and was not a D1-type player, I wanted him to throw a smash route. So, now, you know, nice little 25-yard ball in the air on rhythm. And, of course, he promptly threw it way up in the air for a DB <laughs> to catch it and go pick six. And my, you know, JV head coach looked at me and said, hey, how about we run the ball now? And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> so what would you what would you look back on as, like, you know, one of your worst play calls? And like, why the hell did I do that? Well, I'm going to tell you, man, it, I don't know if it was the worst play call because it worked three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but – um, our first game against Rocky Mount, mm-hmm. we were we was up seven nothing with like twelve seconds left to go in the half. And the week before we was up like, I mean, the week before we was up in a scrimmage, we did like a scrimmage like game. Yep. Same situation. And I threw a pass, a hail mary, and we called it and we scored. Okay. But little did I know that was luck. <laughs> Right before Rocky Mount, I said, you know what? I'm going to be greedy. We're going to get the ball back at the half, so I'm going to go up 14. 
and I threw a double pass. Uh-uh. They caught it and ran it back 70 yards with no time left to go in halftime. So they were jumping up and down. My coach is looking at me like, I told you not to do it. And I'm just like, I felt like just going under the bleachers and putting a blanket over my head. But that was the worst, that was the worst play call. Oh man. So what about so I gotta ask, what about that younger coach? Maybe on JV. Have you had that situation? Because you know, I, I swore I was gonna come in and revolutionize this game. Like I knew I was coming in, I was gonna be different, I was gonna be in your chair being interviewed by the guru and some other young coach. You know, what what was that? Have you had that moment with a younger coach where he had an idea or he was trying to call something and you were the you know the grizzled veteran, like, nah, I don't do it. Did you let him fall on his face or did you kind of save him himself? Well, I well, I never had that situation yet, you know. But I did okay. have a situation with my JV coach. Yeah, uh, we we're about to we we're about to score with time running out with no timeouts, and we score, we win the game. It's fourth down, and he runs over and says, "Spike, spike, spike the ball, spike the ball." I said, "No, no, we don't have any timeouts." And once he realized it, it was so loud he couldn't relay it to the quarterback. Don't spike it. Yeah. They spiked on the three-yard line uh, and lost uh, the game. Uh, and he called in the next two days from work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I sick. Said, That's why. Yeah. I, I mean, I tried to save him on that one, but, you know, yeah, we couldn't relay it to the quarterback. I but, mean, it's necessary. Those moments you don't forget. I was going to tell people to fall on your face. You know, you need those kind of moments because you learn so much more a lot of times than having a, an experienced veteran like yourself trying to get in there. Because, of course, you've been in the situation, and it's hard to explain, like, hey, like, you know, you know what well, to do. This well, way you learn what to do. Well, I'm going to tell you this. we supposed to know what to do, veterans, but we still do boneheaded things, too. Oh, of course, of course. Cause, cause, but you know. I like because I like to take chances. I'm, I'm a, I'm yeah. a, I take chances all the time. I tell, I tell my younger coaches that if you don't, if you not, if you don't take chances, some of those games you're not going to win. So you know, I mean, you know, I, I take chances. I mean, I still no, take understandable. chances. Understandable. So uh, last question for me, and this is a question that we ask every coach, every person that comes on here. It's a personal favorite of mine that I like asking people. So. You know, for us, for younger coaches that are entering this profession, you know, what would be kind of your advice? So say y'all are in an elevator, the coach, look, you know, sees you, oh, you're Coach Moore. Like, I know who you are, you know, and he asked for a piece of advice, you know, that you would give them as they navigate through their career. What would you tell them? Surround yourself with good help. See, and, and, and that's a big thing with us. My, my staff has been really consistent over the 17 years, and I, I surround myself with – with coaches, not, not in particular like defensive coach, offensive coach. You have coaches that get the water out there. You have coaches that make sure the kids have equipment. Their equipment is, is, is taken care of. You have coaches that make sure that um, we have pregame meals on time. So all your coaches are not necessarily football coaches. I mean, if you you need you need every aspect of your team taken care of, so I would say make sure you surround yourself by good coaches, and um, and those coaches, um, I try to surround surround my team by leaders. Yeah. I like I like leaders. I don't like followers. Coaches that are followers. We get look. I tell this story all the time. We was fourteen and zero, going into the Eastern Region Finals, at a coaches meeting on Sunday afternoon. 
and we all going at each other. Like, like we 0-14. You would yeah. have thought we was, you would have thought we was 0-14 when you left that meeting. You know, we just want yeah. things to get better each week. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. Well, Coach, I got one last question here. Uh, you've been phenomenal with us today. We appreciate you being gracious with your time. Uh, I feel like I've known you for a long time. You know, we've spent some good time together at the Shrine Bowl, and, and I've, I've visited you there several times. Uh, but one of these days, and I know you're in your prime today, so, I mean, this ain't a today question, but one of these days, Coach Moore is going to have to hang up the whistle, and, and you're just going to uh, call it a career, and, and you, you know, you'll be like me at the old-timers breakfasts at the coach's clinic instead of hanging out with all the young bucks. Uh, but when you do decide to hang up that, that whistle and, and, and call it a career, what, what do you want to people in Elizabeth City and at Northeastern and the coaches, the kids that you coach, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, I've often said that, you know, a football coach has more impact on a community and a person than any one person, more than doctors, preachers, lawyers, anybody. Coaches affect so many people. Uh, so what, what do you what do you want the effect that you've had on your community to be, and what do you want people to remember from Coach Moore? Hmm. That Coach Moore put a, talk, a lot of time in, in his community. Coach Moore never left. You know, I, I think about all the guys that graduated with me. I don't know too many that's here right now. Yeah. You know, once they leave, you know, once they leave, go to school, they just they just stay or they leave Elizabeth City because there's not much more to do around here. It's nothing to do really, and the jobs are, not, are scarce around here. But Coach Moore never left Elizabeth City. He never uh, turned his back on his on his community, and that's what it's all about. It's not about the games, the wins, and none of that. It's about making these young men um, accountable, hold them accountable for um, their families. Because you're gonna get married one day, and you, you're gonna have kids, and we, we, want, we want our men, our young men, to be respectable, take care of their families, and um, I just, I, just, that's what it's all about. I tell the kids the easy part is Friday night. That I mean, the easy part is Friday night, but Monday through Thursday, that's the part that I love, you know, and and, and on the weekends. Outstanding. Coach Moore, uh, you've been phenomenal. We appreciate your time. I think I'm just going to start calling you Mr. Elizabeth City. In fact, I think you should run for oh mayor one day. You've got that love. I can see the passion you have yeah. for Elizabeth City right now. It's it's very ob obvious. Uh, your community is better off because of you, and we thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Definitely. All right, guys. That's Coach Tony nice. Moore. Thank you. you. Have a nice day. That was good, fellas. Real good. That was pretty. That, that was that was good, man. I, I really appreciate the opportunity for this. You know, it's not every day that a coach in this area gets gets an opportunity like this. I really appreciate you, um, Chris, um, Langston, and, and Coach. I really appreciate everything. Coach, you got to thank the guru on this one. This is all guru. Yeah, yeah. Coach Hughes. Yeah, yes, sir. Nah, we loved it. That's yeah. That's something we want, man. Get guys from different areas, man, and yeah. you be killing it, man. So. So this this will run, this will run uh, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. So um, I'll put out some tweets ahead of time. And, you know, if you just want to, okay. if they say in the social media world, like, click, and share, that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know that's going to get out around there for sure. That's going to be big time. All right, Coach. Appreciate you, man. Have a good okay, day. Thank you. All right, have a good day. Have a good All right, have a good day. <laughs> All right. Thank you all. All right.